And welcome back to another edition of the Profit Roadmap. I'm Bear Duplissy alongside Cody Owen, as always. Cody, What's I feel up, like it's, I feel like it's been forever since we've done this. Yeah, we did a couple episodes like where you hosted one without me, and then I hosted one without you. We haven't been in the studio together in forever. Truth, tell the truth now. You were lost without me, right? Yeah, I legitimately got locked in a closet in the office for three days. Well, that's just really. It sad. was the snack closet, so I was good. Oh but. yeah, totally cool. Well, I'm glad to see you made it out, and uh, and the Cheetos were left over, so that was good. So thanks for thanks for sharing that. Famous but. Amos for three days. Solid, solid work, solid work, fantastic. Well, we're really excited to have our uh, a repeat guest back in with us with the Profit Roadmap. We have had uh, Jim Evans, our Vice President of Sales here at uh, Service Autopilot, uh, on before, and so Jim, we're welcoming back you for the welcoming you back for the second time. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? I'm uh, I I was good, but it was a little awkward there for a while. The 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 amount of eye contact between the two of you was was uncomfortable, <laughs> and I just. <laughs> kind of felt like the third wheel but it, it's good to be back it's good fantastic i can, I can make prolonged eye contact no, with you let's as not well, do that let's oh jim that. looked immediately away <laughs> <laughs> well you just heard about the amount of famous amos that you devoured he just said that's just too right, no, much Barry, that's that's 90 seconds of banter we got to move on people okay. want the content that's true that's true so last time we had jim on we you know we started with a with a just just a awesome awesome intro from a clip from a very famous movie about the old school style of selling that hardcore hard you know hard sell mentality of you know like sell 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 call 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 don't even hang up the phone just you know dial dial the next number with your eyes kind of kind of intensity and uh, you know Jim you kind of talked about how to motivate your salespeople um, like me I'm one of your salespeople as an example in a in a more uh, less traditional manner than you know we're used to thinking about it. But let's take it from a different perspective today, and let's say that uh, the, the owner uh, is doing most of the selling by themselves and everything. So, is I'm just going to go ahead to throw the main question out there today: Is the hard sell really a viable entity in today's age? I, uh, it depends. It depends on the product. It depends on the offering. Um, and it depends on the, the life cycle of the client. Um, I would say that hard selling isn't, isn't really viable, uh, but it still exists. And there are times, depending on your definition of hard selling, or there are times when hard selling is appropriate, actually. Um, it's very rare, but there are times when it could be appropriate. And again, it it's based off of what you define hard selling. So let's let's start there. When you guys think of hard selling, and put yourself in the you know in the owner's perspective or our listener's perspective, what are you thinking of when you say hard selling? Well, when I think of hard selling, I think of uh, giving the customer or the potential customer no alternative uh, other than yes or no, like mm. put backing them into a corner, so to speak. Of like, well, if You're probably conflating the no with like them dying if you say no this is gonna be really bad for you impending event impending doom okay so i've got a really good story about a a hard sell that i got i got drawn into and uh the scottish festival you know the scottish festival here in uh, the dallas area oh yeah it's fantastic it takes place like in in support is very interested in it yeah well the very first time i bought a kilt it was a hard sell 
<laughs> you interested in the story here? Absolutely. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, I want to hear about how you so, got yeah, So, yeah, so it was like we want to make sure that the kilt fits, right? So the person told me to try on the kilt, and they're like, well, now you need to see what it looks like. I was wearing shorts because it's always outside. At, it used to be at UT of Arlington, you know, out on a football field in August. Really hot heat. I'm wearing shorts, and he told me to try on the kilt, and then he told me, well, you need to slide your shorts off, and let's go full Scottish here, and I won't, <laughs> I won't go further than that. So I did. He He's actually like, now you're wearing it, man. You have to now I'm wearing the kilt, and he takes my shorts and he throws them like way, way far away, <laughs> and he's like, "The kilt is now 120 dollars." So it's either I go retrieve my short sans kilt, or I buy the kilt. I I was the proud owner of a brand new kilt. That was a hard sell. I wanted a kilt. I was trying on a kilt, but did I feel good about that purchase? I did not. <laughs> not at all. Right. I own this. I probably wore it another two times. I was going to say, how many more times did you wear this? (laughs) That was about it. You know, I actually got too fat for the thing. But um, so if that is your definition of a hard sell, absolutely not. There is nothing worse than being forced into a decision. Now, there are times when there is urgency to a purchase or there's urgency to a sales process. And there's nothing wrong with creating an offer that creates urgency. You can set deadlines. That's right. not what we're saying. Right, right, right. But if it's the hard sell, it's it's either right now, impending doom, you've got to do this, or you're going to be, you know, bare naked in the middle of a festival, then that, that yes, it still happens. I mean, go on, go on a, you know, go on to a car dealership shop for insurance, take a visit to your dentist, and hard selling is still out there. But think about the times that you've been hard sold. Do you ever feel good about the purchase? It's Sometimes you do. Sometimes you make a spur-of-the-moment decision, and it it's okay. But more times than not, you're going to feel pretty crummy about the product and about the experience, and it's unlikely that you're going to return to where you made that purchase, right? Yeah, I feel like a hard sell... A customer can only walk away from a hard sale feeling good if they had sold themselves softly before they walked in. Right. They've already convinced themselves of this decision. Or and so then an aggressive salesman is just like getting them out the door. Or faster. if they got an amazing deal for an amazing product. Right. So you walk through some like the State Fair of Texas, you walk through and they there's these barkers, these people that are yelling at you to buy these things. Now, I'm not going to buy a, a hot tub, you know. After a five-minute presentation like they tried to do not at, at the, the State Fair? Not at the State Fair. No, no, no. I'm going to think about that a little bit. But I think they want you to go spend a few more tickets on drinks before you come back. Exactly, by. exactly. But there are some times when, I, you know, someone is, you know, like pulling you into their thing, you know, pulling you into their little trade show booth or whatever, and they offer something like a Ginsu knife, and it can do all kinds of things. And they offer it to me for five bucks. It's a hard sell. It's only five bucks at the State Fair, you know. I'm getting a really good deal on a really high quality item for very little money. I don't walk away with a lot of regret. Not a big deal. I think also part of the distinction that we keep hitting is that with the exception of the dentist and everybody hates dentists and we know there aren't any listening because that's not who this podcast is for. (laughs) Uh, With the exception of dentists, most of the examples you've cited of a hard sell working it's not based on repeat business. Right. Like you're burning your bridge in a lot of cases with that customer yeah. Yeah. to make the sale, but it doesn't matter because you were never going to sell anything to them ever again anyway. Right, 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 right. And and there's no there's no life cycle. But if you want repeat business, that's where really 
either solution selling, which sometimes we call, you know, uh, relationship selling is going to be really key, or it is going to be more like a, a smart sell, um, where it just, you convince the, the, the client that this makes sense and they make a, a decision a lot of times off of emotion, but really the evidence is there that this is a really intelligent decision to make. So just taking off what Cody was just saying about uh, the fact that we're, you know, you're burning that bridge and you're not necessarily looking for repeat business. In in your opinion, I mean, would you say that while while it can be appropriate in some cases, that as a general rule, hard selling for the people that are listening to the profit roadmap for service uh, for service uh, type our service type industries and repeat business industries, that's probably not a good idea. Right, right, right. It. Hard selling, n- not ideal. Um, if you have a, uh, it, the only time I would say it, it is appropriate in the industries that we serve is if you already have an established relationship. And really that's just relationship building. You know, you've already built the relationship. You've already built your, your uh, you've already built your reputation with a client. And then you can show up and offer something that is a one-time purchase right now, right here. Let's make a decision but they know based off of their relationship with you, they know based off of your the quality of your work, they know based off of your integrity, that's fine. And that's more of an upsell. So you've think laid about, that foundation so it's the sell isn't as hard because exactly. you've done steps one through three exactly. already. Yep. Like, come on, yep. Jim, I come to your house every week. I'm already doing this work. Go ahead, give me the extra fifty bucks. Let me do this other service. Come on, it's a because easy. like your lawn needs this, and they know that yep. like their lawn looks one hundred percent better since you started taking care of it. And so, if you're telling them like, "Hey, it really needs this fruit treatment," I've got it on the you. truck right now. You know, the tree's down. I've got chainsaws available. Let's let's get you know, I can I can pause work and get this done. Uh, you know, we're cleaning and we notice this problem. You've got mold. I know it's not part of your regular package. Let's go ahead and get it in now. Um, I just don't want to make another trip. And you also explained why you're making, you know, hey, I don't want to come back out again or I've got it now. When I have to come back out, like I have to charge you a trip charge. Exactly. Because it costs me money to get my people out here to take care of it. Creating that sense of urgency, like Cody just said, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, you know, depending on the situation appropriate stuff. I like the idea of, 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 of that more relationship built of with the foundation and, and, and as you get more comfortable with the people, you know, adding floors, you to know, the building, can we keep the, keep the, the analogy going, keep the analogy, yeah, add floors to the building, so to speak. And, and being able to, uh, to have that type of relationship where it's not necessarily as overly aggressive. Like that conversation may not seem as abrasive as it would be like the first time that you're talking to them, obviously. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit more comfort level there. So, okay. So what, Let's go backwards in the sales process here, Jim. We're, we're talking about we're trying to initiate business with this particular client. We've been we've sent several estimates. It's been a several month process. They've they've called. We've we followed up. We stopped following up. They still they called us back. Really kicking the tires kind of situation. Him and hawing a lot, but no purchase has been made. What is what is an option for the salesperson to to take? on someone who's just there but just needs a kick in the pants. Those those can be tough. You know, when you have the tire kickers, right? Um I think I think you need to as a salesperson or as a as an owner, you need to make a decision whether you want that 
person as a client or not, right? So there's that there's that decision. What is the what's the criteria for your clientele? Do you want someone that's indecisive? Uh, do you want someone that you've you know you've given out six six uh, uh, estimates out to that they you know every season they come to you and look for you and then they kick out your estimate and they don't want to do business with you. You know, it's there's there's the point of you know, do you want to fish or cut? What is it, cut bait or fish or cut bait? There we go. <laughs> uh, or 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 do you want to really just settle this once and for all? Uh, I think at that point, you know, if this is someone that you've gone after and after and after, and they haven't they haven't really bitten, you need to give them something to bite on, and that'll typically be through like your your, your marketing efforts. Uh, but I think the impending uh, event, you know, hey, make a decision. Our schedule is going to be locked in on this day. Exactly. Yep. We are, you know, we only have, a, you know, we have uh, limited resources, uh, you know, a, a, a limited vibe, you know, I've, I'm dr- blanking on the term right now, but it's like, you know, just, I only have a couple of spots left. Do you want it? Yes or no? You know, ask them for a direct answer. Do you want, do you want business this year? You know, do you want to do business with this this year? If no, then then move on. Yeah. So I've been reading Seth Godin's The Dip, which I will recommend more fully at the the end of the show because it has really changed my mindset on on quitting things. Uh, but he he talks about this like kind of apocryphal study into uh, sales where uh, the average salesman gives up after like seven touches or five touches, and then. Uh, in in this study that may or may not have actually happened, they found that like if they had just persisted to seven touches, the the yeah, lead seven's the magic murdered. number. It's been why, a pretty pretty large amount of studies have suggested that seven touches is the average that that needs yeah. to happen in order yeah. for a sale to be completed. Yeah. So he's talking about how like there's in any anything that we're pursuing like project or you know pursuing this lead to turn him into a client, there's a dip where there's more effort. And a lot of times we put in about 60% of the effort and then we go, this isn't worth this. And then we quit at 60% and we get nothing out of it. Where if we had just persisted a little bit longer Mm -hmm. and done just a little bit more effort, we would shoot out the other side and see all the return on that investment. Uh, This was connected to what you said. No, no, no. It it totally is. Because I I think, I think... Because I don't want I don't just want what I just said to be mis- by your own thought. misconstrued. Don't don't quit early, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you need to know. Okay, I've put in you know twenty twenty contact points with this person. I have sent out you know a, a dozen estimates. I've made fifty calls to this one client. Well, then it's it's a it's a, a matter of diminishing return. It, is my sales guy? Am I ever going to regain the profit and the amount of time I've wasted? Exactly, on this or the owner. You know, I've I've spent way too much time on this. It, it, there's a fine balance of when to when to continue, when to pursue, when to endure, and there's a fine fine line on when to just let them go. Right. And just to give a suggestion for service autopilot users, especially people who are using automations, you can automate these like long tail touches. Yep. Where you touch base with these people, like. You don't need to give them a call again because you've called them seven times. They haven't uh, been sold. 
But you can throw them in a nurture campaign the, the, and hit them with an email. I was just about to use that term. It's, it's yeah. nurture. So if you can't close, then you move them into nurture until you get a solid no. And even a solid no sometimes can go back into some type of nurture campaign. Have you reconsidered? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a year. Where are you now? You know, hey, I see your, your, your grass is dead. You know, can we come out and fix that for you? You know, um, automate an email that says their grass is dead because if it's not dead, <laughs> they're definitely not using it. Right. It's dying on the inside, Cody. It's, it's dying on the inside. Yeah, but but care. it's I think um, until you get that absolute hard no, um, then there's always the opportunity to to nurture and disrupt. Well, I think where the real where some real opportunity lies is in the cleaning industry as well too, because that's the you know there are always times a year where you know I mean it's just basic science where you know stress keeps in the holiday season you know you're preparing back for school back and, to school. Yep the spring cleaning craze you know yeah, there's a lot of good places in in cleaning to lean into some pain points and sell throughout the year so kind of going backwards a little bit in the conversation Jim, we were talking about when the hard sell is appropriate after you've done these just obnoxious amount of touches 50 touches where you've had phone conversations with them and it's just gotten you're just you're at that point of like yeah fish or cut bait is the hard sell i'll bring it back full circle is the hard sell appropriate at that time listen Man, I've come out here 50 times. Like your glass, you know, your grass clearly needs a problem. Your house clearly needs cleaning. I'm here again. Let me do it. It's been a month. It still looks bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let me what do so you So the question is is uh, kind of going back full circle, you know, we talked about where the hard sell is appropriate after you've built a foundation with the customer on upselling. I mean, even though they're not your customer, you you've Pretty much at this point, I kind of make the joke about sometimes I talk to elite so much I I know that I know their kids' birthdays, you know. I mean, when you get to that point with a lead, at what is point there, do I get my tube of brill cream out, slick my hair back, put on my ill-fitting suit, and go full used car salesman on a lead? When a Cadillac or steak knives are on the line. <laughs> that see that throw see, that reference yeah, back see, to the the other yeah. yes no uh, you know I. Uh, uh, Bear that uh, in in regards to the uh, again hard selling, I it, if you get a no out of an ultimatum, you know, are you ever going to get that door open again? Uh, more than you know, uh, what I would say is open an invitation to say no. Make them comfortable. Make them feel like hey, no is okay. I just want to know should I stop bothering you for a while. Um, we've used that and it's been, yeah. it's worked well, you know, it's, oh, that's uh, a really good last nurture email for sure. It is. It, it, hey, you know, I, I've reached out to you X number of times. I understand life gets busy. Would you rather me just leave you alone for a little bit or leave you alone? And you'll get a good response rate to that. And if not, then keep nurturing. And even if they say no, then that's when you put them into like a, a type of nurture campaign where you're not selling, you're just educating, Right. Absolutely. So I, I really, you think about any of your own experiences when you've been haunted by a salesperson and they really put it on hard and thick, just saying yes or no. You know, I, I, I have two instances where I've had door to door salespeople make an appointment and actually come out. One was encyclopedias and that was we didn't know what was coming, um, and no, We're we didn't. Only twelve easy payments of two hundred and seventy dollars. Exactly, exactly. And the guy was very insulting when we said no. And the other one was. I guess you don't want to learn. 
I love ignorance, man. It's it's the best thing. Uh, but uh, no, it's uh, that and my my stepdad was already an encyclopedia salesman. So we had like four sets at home. Um, <laughs> the guy did not do his homework. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, the, the other one was someone that came out under the guise of a, a free yard design. And what he was doing is it was one of those uh, big box store uh, salespeople that are out front trying to sell uh, arbors and pergolas and that sort of thing. And he said he would come out and give us some ideas on what we could do in our yard. But it turned out that he was just, he already had his designs and what he wanted to do. And yeah, plan um, A, B, and C. And exactly. Choose from one of them. Exactly. And you, if you make a decision now, we'll give you a 30% discount. And when I said, well, we aren't prepared, uh, well, he treated me like I was an idiot. Well, you're dumb to, to leave behind this kind of money. You know, we won't come out here again. And, you know, it basically got really upset that I had wasted his time. There are no other hardscape companies in Dallas, Jim. So exactly. I hope you know what you're deciding. Exactly. No exactly. pergola. Exactly. Yep. Uh, but you know what? It was, All it was, he wanted was a crepe myrtle. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it, it, again, that is where it's going to, had the guy come out and actually delivered what he said he was going to do. If he had given us some design ideas, if he had worked with us a little bit, if he had educated us around the, you know, what it cost to put something in like that. I wasn't prepared to make a decision on the spot, but I might have been willing to do some business with him on the back end or a couple of months later when we were prepared because we did put in a pergola, but we didn't do it with him. I probably would have gone back to him if he had not tried to hard sell me and if he had not been really emotional after I said no. That in my mind is the hard sell. Now, there are other times when we've had door-to-door, you know, you know, and in, in, in the industries that we service, a lot of them still use door-to-door sales, right? We've had pest control. We've had lawn care guys. We've had, uh, haven't had a maid service come by door-to-door, but, um, uh, but we've had these businesses come by and offer services. And the ones that I will tend to, to turn away are the ones that are wanting a decision right there on the spot. I don't, I'm not that kind of a shopper. I want to make it, I want to review your work. I want to really understand that this is a problem, um, and then I'll make a decision later. And if you give me an incentive to do business with you later, I'm going to pick you. You know, I'm going to go with you. Um, I just may not go with you on the spot. Will you talk in the last couple of minutes here about salespeople recognizing the like relative heat of a lead? Because the stories that I'm hearing from you right now is someone approaching a very cold lead like they're a very hot lead that needs to close right now and they need to like understand that all leads are not created equal. They can all get there, but like they're not starting out in the same place. Can you, uh, tell me a little bit more of what you're looking for here. So like the dude who walked up to you at Costco mm-hmm. and was asking you about your backyard, like maybe you had entertained that idea or whatever, but you were not already shopping for a pergola. Like you needed a little bit of education to make that decision and then you'd be ready to move in a few months. And he burned the lead because he treated you like, well, you're ready to make this decision this right. second. Let's yep. do it. Yep. It, it's engagement. Would you, Gary, yeah. chime in here, but I think it's engagement. If I, if I, you know, how engaged is the prospect? Are they asking questions? Are they giving me information? Are they giving you, and, and as a salesperson, am I asking the right questions? You know, if That's I'm just come back presenting, to. presenting, presenting, which is what both of these instances did, 
They didn't ask, why am I looking for a pergola? What did I want to accomplish? What did I want it to look like? Why did I have him come out? You know, he's got plans A, B, and C, Jim. Exactly. One of them is right for you. A, B, or C may have worked. But if he had known, do I plan to, you know, do we spend a lot of time outside? Do we have kids that get sunburned easily? Do we, you know, plan to plan, you know, what are our plans for uh, softscapes and, you know, what, well, and even how do we want to spend our time? Plans, if he asked all those questions and then he goes, hey, this is what I think would work for you guys. I've got these three plans. Like he has three this plans. one looks awesome. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, that's exactly what I was going to get to, Jim, is was how many questions did he ask it since, since it went into overpresentation? Zero. We've, and we've talked about yep. that um, both here, you know, within our, on our, on our team and also with the last episode that you were on about that, that spin method of asking questions and getting to the heart of the matter. Cause again, you could be, this guy was just out of his, obviously the Costco example, the guy was out of his element doing a hard sell, doing hard sell presentation like that outside of, you know, what would be considered an ideal sales environment. Cause again, it's not like you walked in and we're like, Oh, I'm, this is obviously where I, I get, you know, my landscaping design done. It's just, it's just not one of those things that's, a, that's necessarily appropriate. So like you said, having asked more questions and engaging with the customer, this being you, it would have been a lot more, he would have had a lot more to go off of. And he probably could have still taken some of that panache or that style and put presented it as Cody was saying it into his A, B, and C plans. Mm-hmm. Um, but after he got some more information from you, and it would have helped him, honestly. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. We had uh, we had someone stop by recently, uh, pest control, and, and we're gonna we're gonna hire them. Uh, but in the very beginning, you know, we we have these guys stop in our neighborhood all the time. We have old growth trees, and you know, there's there's a ton of people that stop by all the time. But this uh, pest control guy. Uh, asked me if I've seen a spike in spiders recently inside the house. And I was, you know, kind of like, oh, wow. You know, how does he know? Does it, well, does he, does he ask that? And as a sales leader and as a salesperson, I'm, I'm like, oh, I, I like what, what he's doing here. But he said, here's why I asked. And he started pointing out all the cobwebs and the spiders. And we have a problem with spiders right now. And he was like, yeah, I could tell from the outside here. Here's what I'm seeing. Here's what I'm hearing from your neighbors. So he he did ask questions, but he, it wasn't like he was trying to be my best friend. So I, th- that's one point I wanted to sneak in here is sometimes we think relationship selling means I have to go out and have coffee just to get a $40 lawn <laughs> service on a weekly basis. You don't. But a little bit of education, the right kind of questions, um, can really drive home the point, you know, so. Well, Jim, thanks yep. so much for coming on another episode in, of the Profit Roadmap. Yeah, I feel like we could talk for hours, but uh, it, it goes by so we'll fast. We'll get you back on. Okay, yeah. cool. We will talk for cumulative hours. Uh, real quick, I wanted to uh, tell you guys about the dip because legitimately it is the best, like, business ownery pushed book that I have read in quite a while. Uh, just Seth's idea. I borrowed it from Jonathan. Seth's idea of like all projects fall into the same. Uh, there's like three paths for it. It can be a dip where it dips down and then shoots back up and there's a return on investment, or you can end up in a cul-de-sac where you just spin your wheels and never make any money and never do anything with it. And then there's the cliff where like it goes up and up and up and then it drops off. And uh, the example he gives for the cliff is cigarette smoking. Like you increase the number of cigarettes you smoke your entire life until you die painfully from smoking cigarettes your entire life. 
Uh, and then the dip is like any project you have that works out uh, and is profitable and successful, you have to go through a bunch of hard work to get there. And so the book is all about identifying projects that are things that you want to put that work into uh, to come out on the other side. And if you find yourself thinking like, well, I could just cut a few corners and kind of sit around and do kind of mediocre work, that is how you know that you're not attached enough to a project to complete it. And that's where you end up in a cul-de-sac doing nothing. Uh, but yeah, so there'll be a link in the description if you're interested in reading that. I, I thought it was really, really good. So it got you to quit quitting. No, he gets you to start quitting. Start his whole quitting. his whole argument is that basically we only have so much time in a day, only so many projects we can pursue, and the people who we think of as winners and not quitters are actually the best at quitting. They quit everything else to do the one thing they want to be the best at. Fair enough. Fantastic. So it's all about identifying projects that you're not so in love with uh, that you're going to be okay with mediocre work in them. And that's how you end up spinning your wheels. I keep doing this motion as though they can see it. I'm swirling my finger in the air and you cannot see me. But yeah, so thanks for listening to this episode of The Profit Roadmap. We'll be back in your ears next week. We'll see you next time, everybody. Have a good one. The music in this episode of The Profit Roadmap was Rip Tide and Summon the Rock by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. If you want to check out Kevin's music, it's some good stuff, Incompetech.com.